This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Leicester Till I Die TV, your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Dare I say it? Good evening, fellow Fox fans. How are we? Um, I've had about three sets of notes that I was writing today uh, for the different uh, parts of the game. Uh, good, then it was bad, then it was good, then it was bad. We 
had one of the poorest performances I have seen us play against West Ham on Monday night. So what do you do? You put exactly the same 10 out bar, obviously, Perez, who was thankfully sent off. Um, so we've not got him for three games. It, we, were, we were as bad. We were playing Norwich, who I think lost their last five games at least in the Premier League last time they were up here. They've lost the first two. We couldn't, we couldn't beat Arsenal with that team. Man City put five past Norwich. They put five past Arsenal today. We've got them in a couple of weeks. I'll leave that thought with you for a second. Think of the Leicester that lost to West Ham. Think of the Leicester that, let's be honest with you, got out of jail today. Do you fancy our chances against Man City? <laughs> I don't. I seriously do not. And don't say, well, we beat them 5-2 last season. This team, this perform these performances, what has happened to Leicester? We only just got past Wolves. We got stuffed by Arsenal. We were lucky to beat a team today that is probably one of the worst that the Premier League has seen consecutively since Derby went down with the least number of points. What the hell has happened to Leicester City? Because this is not the Leicester City that won the FA Cup. And Brendan, I mean, I'm not, you know, Brendan, He, you know, he's the best manager we've had in ages. And I'm not saying he goes or any shit like that. But come on, mate, the book stops with you. You get paid the big money. You get paid to look at that West Ham performance and say, that was shit, we need to do something. And you didn't. You bottled it. You should have made changes today. You absolutely bottled it, Brendan. I don't care what anybody says. You bottled it. You need to grow a pair and drop players that aren't performing for you. Otherwise, what's the point in being a manager? My name's Chris. This is Letter Till I Die. It's the post-match show. It's the Premier League post-match show with Chris with and Brad on Leicester Till I Die TV. We are. We're on Facebook, Leicester Till I Die. Uh, the group, we're on Twitter, at Leicester TID, for Till I Die. And we are on YouTube, at Leicester TID. Please join us on YouTube. Press me knobs, twiddle me buttons, get me all excited. Subscribe to the channel and we would love you forever. Uh, as you can see, my post-match chum here, Brad. Um, I always have to sit and listen to these rants I have. Um, but let me just have a look at some notice, some notice, some comments before we get started, Brad, if that's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. David ga- gambled. David, <laughs> you gambled. I tell you, if you gambled on today's game, you lost. David, hello. Um, Michael Gamble, we need a leader on the pitch. Um, we certainly do. David, n- not at all. We are playing scared for some reason. Doe disjointed, it's scary. Um, Michael, I think, agrees with me, but I can't remember what I said. Matthew totally sums it up. Three points, but terrible. 
and another David. Good evening, David. And I'm going to get your name wrong because if you know me or you're about to learn, I'm useless at pronunciations. David Hersovich, is that? Uh, hi, Chris. I agree the pumps have been poor and I would like changes to personal information. But it's a long season of getting three points is very important. Totally. And I've got I've got my notes here and I've put down on here. Was the result today more important than the performance? But had it gone the other way and we'd played really, really well and lost, we'd be saying, ah, but the performance after West Ham was better than the, uh, was more important than the result. He pays your money, he takes your chance. Which way do you look at it, uh, Brad? Well, first of all, um, I think you've been a bit harsh on Brendan Rodgers there. I don't think he takes any flat for this, uh, uh, the performance at all, I think. No. Well, one adequate performance, one awful performance, and another awful performance today. Six points out of nine. Yeah. But you said, uh, you said before yeah. we came on, we made the bottom team look decidedly good at times. Yeah, yeah, we what do. Last, last season when we did that, we lost to Fulham. And when we did that again, we lost to Newcastle. By hook or by crook, mate, we always go back to this familiar saying that good teams find a way to win when they're not quite at it. And let's face it, Leicester have been a bit rusty since the start. You're very right. Your points are made very right about the, the Wolves performance. We all know what happened after the, the the West Ham debacle. More increase with the being down to 10 men for the majority of the game. Granted, today we made a very, very, very poor Norwich side look bad. But the full-time whistle blew, mate, and Leicester got the three points. Am I happy with the performance? Only no. Down to, only down to VAR. If it doesn't matter. VAR. No, it doesn't matter if it's down to VAR or not, mate, because VAR will get them the way back into the game from, from a rightful decision. If that's a penalty, then that's offside or obstruction. Whatever the decision was, it, both decisions were right. The man yeah, in the so middle was I agree, was with, I agree with you on that them, totally, Brad. Both decisions were right. May I just say right. with you yeah. as well that the man in the middle was particularly shite today for both sides, not just for Leicester. Uh, he couldn't get anything right. I mean, VAR got him out of so many pickles, it was unreal. But look, yes, I'm frustrated. But at the end of the day, you can't lay the blame solely at Rodgers because we're also, we're also paying these players that are underperforming a decent yeah. wage. Cagler Stones, who's going to get it in the neck today, he's not impressed me after... No, he will be, I agree. Madison looks a shadow of himself. Harvey Barnes has only just come back into it, so I'll let him off. But again, he didn't look too up to scratch. Sod's law with Ricardo. There was a lot of things today that you kind of felt that Leicester, in the back of your mind, you kind of felt that Leicester were somehow, in typical Leicester fashion, going to scare the absolute pants off Leicester fans and scrape this win. It's probably one of the ways we didn't expect it to happen, but it happened that way. And at the end of the day, Credit where it's due, we got the win in the end, yeah. no matter what the performance was. I mean, you know, Brad, my job here is to play devil's advocate. So, Definitely. you know, generally speaking, I agree with a lot you say. So if I'm, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you, it is purely to, to create the discussion. But I still say um, it's the performances where, you know, we've had, yeah. a, we've had a proper, you know, last season we started better than this. And we had more injuries than we've got now. And, you know, I know, in, you know, you can't blame injuries because last season we were worse off. Um, we had a shorter pre-season and shorter off-season last summer. Let me just read. This is, the, this is the start to our season. Wolves. 
West Ham, Norwich, Man City, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace. Apart from Man City, that is, we could not have picked a better start. Do I think that we will go out and we will beat Brighton? We will beat Burnley? We will beat Palace? On those performances, no, we won't because we were shit. We were second yeah, to every ball. We were passing the ball. When we had the ball, we were passing it to, to players that were in yellow, not our own players. They, and I, I'm not using this as an excuse, but they wanted it more. They were, they, every time we had the ball, they were closing us down. Wanted it more. Maybe they were still crap. Let's face it, mate. Cast your mind back to the kickoff. It's easy to look back on this as a total bad performance. But for 40 minutes, Leicester fans, I was rubbing my hands, mate. I thought, great. Even if it's one nil at half time, we're comfortable, we're in control. This is going to be the steamrolling, steamrolling in three nil victory that we all expected. It weren't until yet again the man in question today whose performance goes under the microscope. I'm going to start wording things more professional so people can't accuse me of scapegoating here. The man whose performances comes under question today that gave Norwich a boost when they didn't deserve it in about the 42nd minute was Kaglasson's decision to slide tackle in the box. Now, I get it. If you want to be sympathetic towards him as a defender, yes, he tried to preempt it. He, the slide was made as a block, not a tackle. But he's caught the player. If Vardy went down like that, we'd be asking for the penalty. So I've got no qualms with the penalty. But that indecision or wrong decision by Kegler Sonchu knocked us for six and boosted Norwich. When realistically, mate, if we're being honest, at first 45 minutes, didn't even know we was playing Norwich. I no, thought we were passing around on a training pitch. We looked yeah, brilliant. In fairness, Brad, in fairness, the match isn't 40 minutes, 45 minutes. The match no, is 90 minutes. And, of course you not. Know, of course you know. You're saying I should be blaming Brendan. And I, I get what you're saying. He's not out there kicking the ball about. But yeah. I, I, I've managed a team of salespeople. And if sales are down... They don't get the hassle off, off the director, sales director. I do as the manager because it's what I'm paid for and it is what Brendan is paid for. And i tell you something, if my team had put a performance out like they did against West Ham last week, I would have – well, you, I don't know if you saw the show the other day I had with Daniel. I would have made changes to that team more than Brendan did. He's looked at the performance and this is shit. Well, I've got to change Perez. We'll bring Albrighton in. Yeah, send the same team out. Norwich – Norwich lost their last five games that I know of last time they're in the Premier League. They've won the first, lost the first two. Man City put five past them. They had 14 shots on target. We had nine. But we still won 2 1. And Brandon was playing, Brandon was the thanks that he changed the system and we got a goal from it. He made more cool, bright, and more of an inside man. He took Harvey Barnes off, who was obviously clearly still coming back to full strength and fitness because he, he, he withered away at the start of that second half. He brought Ineacho on, who I thought had a fantastic game. Doesn't look like being a benchman's bothered him at all with the form he picked up at the back end of the season. Got the win. I understand that it's a frustrating uh, performance, right? But don't take this the wrong way, mate. But as someone who works in sales, if you have had a horrendous day, and you just go, right, you're all sacked, and you try and bring in another six or seven people, you're then going to have a performance like this on the sales day where you might get a, an okay thing, 
what Brendan's in football, it's very, very different. In football, you have to look at performance like that and you risk upsetting the harmony of the squad. You risk upsetting the belief that the manager, the players believe the manager has in you by going, well, we just got slapped about by West Ham. So Madison's dropped. Perish sod yeah. off. Uh, yeah. Vardy, you didn't score. Well, Get I'm, out I'm of the team. Saying- I'm not saying sack. I would not sack the staff because that's like putting players on yeah, the not, I mean, Wrong you, you What I'm saying is you can't, me. you know, and I'm looking at that and think, all right, Vardy scored today. Well done, Jamie. And obviously, you know, he's he, maybe we're seeing him returning to form. But you, I just, I just think you can't have bad performance after bad performance. We've had three. Average to bad performances. But and if we had three quarters of that, my boss would be coming to me as a manager and saying, what are you doing about it? I'm saying, but, oh, just no, do, but, move, move the desks around a little bit. No, what, what he would do, what what, am I, what a director or, or, your, or that boss in the situation would do, and this is exactly what Brendan will do mm. in this situation, is he'll go, got six points out of three, but it's not been by any stretch of the imagination a brilliant three weeks. It's not. We've got away with it. We've copped it today. We need to find a way to improve it with the squad we've got. We need to do this. We need to twerk things. Because, yes, you've got six points out of nine. But we need we need to turn that round now into a into the displays matching the outcomes. Against West Ham, you'll always have that argument that the reckless red card. And the, the things happened in that game which didn't help. The red card didn't. I mean, we know that teams that have gone down to 10 men can yeah. play for a draw. They can, you know, again, as a manager, he loses yeah. a player, makes no changes at half time. He keeps the same 10 players doing the same thing for the next 30 minutes in the second half. Yeah. Sorry, you know, there's no, it doesn't, you know, people often say this about Brendan. Is there a plan B? I mean, yes, he's got injuries. I grant that. But I'm sorry, you know, it's like as a salesperson that you hit that target in the last minute. You scrape your target because you made a last-minute deal. That's not good sales. Of course it is. How is it not? How is it not? Because if you're a good sales team... I tell you what, what, then take the point off us. Take the two points off us. It doesn't matter that we got the goal. It doesn't matter that we just went. Take the points off That's silly, mate. That's silly comparison. If I hit my target on the last day, I'd be removed. No, I did work in sales, mate, funny enough. I was knocking on the door. If I hit my targets on the last second of the day, I'd be mightily relieved. I'd get away with it and I'd go back home and I'd study my script. I'd get my pronunciation yeah. right. I would correct the errors. Oh, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, you made the not. sale, but you may not have made your target because you've had to reduce it to sell it at the last minute. And I'm only using the sales in oh, no, no, that no, I was good, in. You know, comparison. you know. No, but, I, do get you know it. I mean, it, to me, I, I wanted to see I wanted to see a performance today because it is against Bournemouth. I'm sorry, Bournemouth. My God, I'm going back in time, aren't I? It was yeah. against Norwich, who, let's be honest with you, are probably going to be up there with Derby with one of the worst Premier League teams we've ever seen. Um, yeah. We, you know, the, like I say, you know, they finished badly last time and got relegated. They'll go straight back down. We, we, everybody sort of has them as the as favourites to go down. But if we can't 
play against a team like that, did could you look at that game and go, I can tell you which team are bottom of the league and which team won the FA Cup last season? Because I couldn't. No, but I can tell you a team that looks like they're capable of somehow, whatever way possible, scraping a result out of it. And that's the way you've got to look at it. What you've got to look at it is, OK, we've got away with it. We've got a very tough game against Man City. Yeah, a lot of, even though we've got a fairly decent record against Man City, if we look over it, a few nice wins snuck in, three or four wins snuck in there um, around it. I think if you get past that game and it's not an Arsenal um, scoreline, Right, maybe we cause an upset. Who knows? But like you said, you you listed off our next three games after that. I believe you said it was Palace, Burnley, and Brighton. Brighton. If Leicester go off the first three games and you go shaky, little. Hi, thanks, Clock. Charming in with your opinion. The clock's back. Yay! That'll cheer everybody up, won't it? But no, if you take the performances and go, okay, we got away with it, six points, definitely nowhere near our best. Questions need to be asked. We need to change something a little bit. Because I'm not disagreeing that things do need to be tweaked a little bit. Whether that's hindered by the fact that, obviously, we lost Ricardo. Looks like, hopefully, that's just a tweak in the calf because he had a bandage further up, not on his actual knee. Mm. You know, whether it's the fact that Harvey Barnes is a week shy of training, getting himself back up to it, and a few issues that are out of their hands. Mm. But what they can work on, if, you know, just remember that we were humiliated. Let's not dance around it by West Ham. We were humiliated in the end by West Ham. And you kind of have to kind of look at it in a second light and go, all right, we didn't get the performance we were hoping for, which we have been accustomed to with Leicester. But I yeah. will remind you that when we played that badly before, we would have lost that game to a Fulham, or in this case, a Norwich. This time we've got the result that maybe the performance didn't warrant, but we got it. If we can get through Man City and then Brighton, Burnley, and I keep forgetting, you keep Brighton, Burnley, I keep messing that one every Crystal time. Palace. Crystal Palace, I'll, I'll forget Burnley next time. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, you You've been even. You've been even with them all. <laughs> yeah. If we can match the, if we can get the performance that was expected today out of them three games, and we get nine points. Then we'll go, okay, you know what? Slow start, took a while, new signings, injuries, mm. players coming back, getting up to speed. Castagne is another one you could throw in the mix, getting back to full fitness and, and, and up to speed. We, by, by the thing, by the barest of margins, as a New Zealand commentator once said, Leicester have got it. But he didn't oh, say yeah. that last part. He yeah. said about the wicket in the World Cup for England. Well, cool. yeah. By the barest of margins. You mentioned their new signings. Uh, we've hardly seen them, um, so you know, we can't we can't yeah. say all the, the signings are bedded in. But Tony says there he agrees with you. Cags has been poor. We're going to come on to um, Cags in a minute. Um, I wish we were David here. Kind of agree with Yeah, it's too convenient to look at the game and say we got three points. I'm wondering why on earth we're so poor and meandering. Where is the progress? So what we won, it doesn't mean we got it right. Uh, now that tends to be the, the, the sort of my side of the argument. Yeah. David here says, and yes, it says Michael, but I know it's David. He bought five players in and can't play them. Um, Dorco, too many distractions maybe at the new training ground. David, uh, I agree, Brad, but where did you see improvement today? Just because it's three points, where else did the progress on the pitch? 
Let's not so keep things on. Sorry, Brad. I saw Tillman's play a hell of a lot better, looking his usual self. That was impressive. And Marty, who have we have spoke about before the match, and I'm sure we'll be getting on to this point. And Marty mm. has shown me over the four games that he's been involved in that if only Evans or Vestergaard is available for Man City, I kind of want a Marty to part of them and not so don't you right now. So I've seen something out of this game to go, okay. If Madison gets his arse into gear with Tillemans, you know, if he can reach Tillemans, because Tillemans was man of the match for me today, I think he was superb. His balls across the pitch were Tillemans. You can tell he's got a hundred a hundred grand contract tucked his way, can't you? That certainly perked him up. And not to say that's an influence or anything, it really shouldn't be, but he definitely seemed to be looking happy to be signing out, hopefully, on a, uh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> hopefully, he'll be in the office bright and early saying thanks for that, boss. Um, there was a few positives. Like I say, the first 40 minutes was positive. It was just, yeah. unfortunately, the frailties in the side and, 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 and everything on top of injuries and, and fitness levels you could see in the second half is still not there with us yet. And two goalkeepers on the bench? Weird one, but he's always done something weird like that, hasn't he? He's always said he prefers... I've, never, two. Seen, I've never seen two, um, two, two goalkeepers. I mean, let's just... Uh, Let's just bring the bench up here. Um, I just, well, I just wonder who else you could have had on there, really. If if, if um, Bertrand's clearly not fit yet, and well, obviously he said he was fit. He said he was fit and in contention. Within twenty four hours, he's not. But okay, you know, let's say you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um, yeah, let's say I, it's thought a... we, I thought we'd have more, you know, youth players than that, and not all those youth players have not gone out on loan. No, but at the same time, we've got to remember we also have a development squad. And I, I know there's some rulings, like if you play then or get selected for that game, you can't play for that. And obviously, you don't want to dis disrupt their development by putting them on the bench when they're clearly not going to play or at least register. I mean, there's still the biggest outcry there for Leicester fans is, I think, maybe to slightly back a performance a point of you saying that maybe a few more changes were needed. I don't think it will happen purely because it's Man City next time out. However, I would be intrigued to see how much longer Madison can go under the radar with sub subpar performances like this. Because there's no excuses now. He's not going Arsenal because he doesn't want to play in the Championship. So... No other clubs coming in for him. So it's not like his head's turned and you can forgive him and say, no, his head's been a model agent. It's not been boisterous, has it? It's only been one bit part premiership slash bottom of the league, Premier League side going in for him. So it's not like it's a major Juventus or Real Madrid that's turning his head. So there's no excuses for someone who's been with us all season, all pre-season to be sub-star. If I was going to say one change, I was surprised to have not seen. It was Dennis Pratt. I don't know what that guy's done wrong to not get on the pitch, even for 20 minutes. Granted, Dewsbury Hall, it was very good to see. But as you know as well, Chris, we, Leicester fans think a lot of Dennis Pratt. I think with Pratt, it's a case of who you would have to take off to accommodate him. And it would either be Madison or, or Tillemans. Tony's well, right, Madison, good... isn't it? Would you Sorry? not agree? Right now, out of the pair of them, it's definitely Madison's... Oh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily argue yeah. that, but... 
like I say, are some players becoming undroppable? And that's what scares me. Tony makes the point here, and I want to pick Tony up on this because it is a good point. Where was Benkovic? He's not gone out. He could have been on that bench as a defender. You know, do you... I mean, what? I just don't get the point of having you got... I mean, why, why stick him on the bench? Why not just leave the seat clear? Because, you know, unless Michael's going to get injured and then Ward's going to get injured, whatever happens, he isn't coming on unless Brendan has one of his master plans and thinks, oh, I'll take a Marty off and stick Yipokovic on in, in defence. No, he might just go at Pearce and frame up front. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we, we, we're all going mad about, oh, Vestergaard's this tall, huge giant. Blah, blah, blah. Benkovic is, I think, either 6'4 or 6'6. Six, six. He's mm. won, he did the triple in Scotland. And I, you know, we've got the, you know, it's not Scotland, etc. down here. And, and, you know, Brendan obviously doesn't think he's good enough for the Premier League, but he's part of the team, you know, and. I just think I just I, I as I say, Yipokovic, Brendan, get pull your pants up. I don't know what you're doing, thinking just sticking that on the bench because all it did was make you look stupid. The fact that we've got two keepers on the bench yeah. because you, you fill in a seat, you fill yeah. in a seat. You might as well leave that. You might as well give the seat to Benkovic. Or you know, if if we suddenly say, let's say for example, uh, Soyuncu and um, I don't know, it's off the scale, but Soyuncu and um, and and Amati clashed heads and both had to go off. You know, Benkovic could have come on and done a job more than Yukopokovic, but Yukopokovic literally was there just to keep the seat warm. Yeah, it is, it is. I have to agree. It's a bit strange. I know he's already had an obsession with three goalkeepers, Brandon, which is which is fine. You never know what's going to happen. There was talks of Danny Ward moving on with his performances in the Euros. It's always nice to have someone in and around the squad. Never really understood uh, his signing at all when we originally signed him, Jakubovic. I never understood it, but hey-ho, he's still here. But I agree with you. The only thing is, clearly there is something on Benkovic's performance. Because let's that's, 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 that's actually look at Benkovic on a whole just quickly, right? Can you really say during any of his pre-season, he's looked like somebody who could go who put in it could you say that Benkovic has ever put in a re realistically whether on loan or here put in a performance of a level where you've gone well at least it wouldn't be the end of the world if Evans vested guard or Solentry was injured because we've got Benkovic there me personally no he's an injury risk he clearly has a, a niggling injury his loan moves were uninspiring to say the least there was never any glowing reports being posted on the Leicester website about Benkovic suddenly rocking the world apart in the Belgian leagues or wherever he's been or in championship I'm actually whereas I agree with you I wouldn't put Benkovic on the bench I may have gone for what you suggested earlier Chris and I'd rather have seen a youngster on the bench yeah. because Benkovic has never filled with the confidence that he can do it at the level no. of the championship. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he should be a, a starter by any stretch of the imagination. He, he, you know, he's not at that standard that, that yeah. we are now playing at. But if you if you have had, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that you do lose, we've happened before where you lose two players from the same position. Yeah. Do you put on a midfield player who has probably 
not got um, the the know how to be a defender because he is fierce. Let's face it. You as a goalkeeper have, or, you know, you were have certain skills. You had to know about crosses and and positioning. And defenders have their set of skills, and midfielders have theirs. And like you've always said, you know, yep, is he relying on possibly having to bring Indeedy back if that was to happen? But then what are you losing in midfield to come on just to give us that cover to see a game out? Let's be honest with you. I'm going to sound damn awful saying this. He's no worse than Wes Morgan was for the last half a season. You brought him on, he scored an own goal. And Benkovic is no no more... I I can't say... And I love Wes Morgan to bits, obviously, don't get me wrong, but at the end of his time here, you brought him on and it was like bringing a donkey on for the Grand National. It really was. He was past his sell-by date. He scored, you know, I don't know whether it was, Kim did come off him in the final, but a couple of times that has happened to him towards the end. And bring bring Benkovic on for, like I say, rather than, than, than a player who's not a defender, because at least he's got the basic knowledge. Is it better to have a defender who's not, say, 90% good in the defender's role, or a midfielder who would obviously only be giving you 60 or 70 because it's a completely alien role to them? I think the clue is is the answer to the question is already answered. It's already been answered by Brendan, and that was answered before the season even began. The fact is, I think that Brendan and maybe the the, the other players that play in that position felt more comfortable, and, and it does tell you a lot about a defender's capabilities to to show that he's not cutting it at this level. Is all well and good saying Benkovic is a natural centre-back. Mm. But I've not, again, I reiterate my points about I've not seen a performance that's, that gives me an inkling that he's any good at, at any level in the English game, let alone at the top level. But what does it say, Chris, if Brendan Rodgers, and clearly he must confide in these in his, in his strong playmakers in the back four, the likes of Ev- Evans and Sionchu and that, if they're more confident in a 36-year-old Wes Morgan coming on, to be that voice, he's he's the John Terry without the sleeping with people's wives part. He's the allegedly, Tim allegedly. <laughs> yeah, he's the Tim Cahill. He's the technically the Maguire at mm. Manchester United. He is the voice of reason. He's the player that, that Brendan Rodgers would rather put on knowing that they feel more confident and more secure with him on the pitch because of his experience and his knowledge, or even worst-case scenario, play Indeedy, who, as I remind everybody, did start his career at centre-back, so can do that mm-hmm. job. Um, again, he started out as a centre-back. The fact that he'd rather trust 36-year-old voice of reason and, and a dressing-room leader that maybe that doesn't have the pace and, and, and the know-how to probably handle himself in the Premiership anymore, well, that's clear by his retirement. Um, um, and the fact that he'd rather tell Ndidi, you remember when you was 19 and played defence for about 10 games? Well, I'd rather have you at the back than Benkovic. That tells me why he's nowhere near the team or not even considered for the bench. Yeah. As much as I get your frustrations, I'd rather see an actual outfield player on the bench or an actual defender on the bench over Yakovic because Ward's there for good reason. I don't think Benkovic fills them with confidence. He clearly doesn't, mate, because he's no. not even getting a sniff around the team. 
and it's a very, very good point. Um, you know, one that I, I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with. Like I say, you know, you know, having, having, you know, apart from playing devil's advocate, you know, I, I completely see where you're coming from. Uh, David there says maybe Dennis Pratt needs to change his name to Perez, then he might get a game. Uh, we just look bang average despite all the signers and new faces. Worse than at the start of last season. Scott says here, uh, good evening, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Hope you well, young man. Uh, last season, Benkovic was alone at Cardiff City. He struggled to get game time. And when he did, he looked out of his depth. I Sound never saw him at Cardiff, so I don't know. But we're talking defenders. You, yes. know where I'm going. you know where I'm going now, don't you? I mean, yeah. generally speaking, generally speaking, not just the defenders, the whole team, overall, the passing was diabolical. Apart from the odd good one from, from, from certain players, it was going to, from us to a, to a player in yellow quite a, quite a fair bit of the time, you know, more, more, more than half the time. Problem is, that's fine if you're losing the ball up in their box, but you know we're doing it in our box. Now, I, I, and I'm not sure who it was, that one player in the defence, Leicester defence, because I was listening to it in Dutch, so it was really awkward to, to follow. Um, oh, mate. In it just, I'm gonna have to learn Dutch. I'll tell you, you know. I turned it down on Leicester's LeicesterCity.com on for the radio, so I dare commentary and was watching it the same way, mate. I couldn't do it. I couldn't which, do is, it. which is which is fine if it matches up, but if one's a bit out of sync well, with the other, mine but, perfectly played in sync, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> but this player, and I'm saying, I'm, I can't blame because I don't know who it is. He had the ball on the left wing in just outside the box, and he played a straight ball across the pitch. To another Leicester player, through three Norwich players, three Norwich players. When the Leicester guy got the received the ball, he was under that much pressure. I think it ended up going out for a corner. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I mean, what the hell are we doing? And I know you want to go, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back off here and let you have a rant now because Soyuncu, I've got here. Uh, on the 26th minute, Soyuncu bad pack pass again, Casper save, and again ended up as a Norwich corner. The penalty, he's, he, I think, I think he's probably the guy that gives away more penalties than any other Leicester defender. I could be wrong on that, but go on, you know, give it, give us, give us your thoughts on uh, on on Mister uh, Mister Soyuncu. Look, I I gave Soyuncu a bit of a griping for the West Ham game. I, I did know that this isn't the first time he's done it. This is about the eighth or ninth time he'd done it at that point, and he needed to get his head out of the arse. I'm a little bit concerned. In fact, I'm quite concerned. If there's, if there's one player I think that maybe needs to, for his own safety, and I, I, I will give credit where it's due at full time, it looked like Brennan put his arm around him, but this cannot continue because Kaglar Sorenchu is not playing like the Kaglar Sorenchu we know. We can, you know, there's been times last season where you go, oh, yeah, well, he's, he's got someone he doesn't know next to him. He's not worked with him. He, he, you know, that mistake's fine. Oh, he got away with that mistake. And look, Kaglos on his day is a brilliant centre-back. Don't get me wrong. But this cannot continue. I think for his safety, especially with Man City being next up, if only, and I'd argue maybe, Marty played well enough to, to, to be in contention for Man City. But if only Evans or Vestergaard and 
reading into reports, Vestergaard's the most likely to be the first one back on the training ground, up and running for Leicester and available for Man City. If you said to me, Brad, Amati, Soyuncu, Vestergaard, pick you back two. On the basis of the first four games of the season, I'm picking Amati and I'm picking Vestergaard because Soyuncu just does look lost. He looks lost. He looks like he looks like that kid that gets a little bit lost when he's out with his parents and he's looking around for mum and dad and he can't find him. He can't find them. When someone like Evans and Vestergaard isn't there, right, and you might say against Wolves, which is probably true enough, he literally had less than 24 hours to get to know the bloke and understand him. But again, that excuse wasn't warranted for West Ham. That was biblical mistake he made. And he made another biblical and careless mistake. Let's not forget, if you just watch, and I know you, and you're perfectly right, Chris, football isn't 40 minutes. But if you look at the basis of the way that game was panning out until that silly slide tackle that led to a penalty, Leicester were 1-0 up, in control, and making Norwich look as average to poor as they are. Yet again, it's Cag's big, biggest mistake. It seems to be that when Cags makes a mistake, it's always punished. And again, it was punished. Now, he settled down and he got a bit better in the second half. But just maybe with how impressive Man City are looking and how much they've just kicked on in, in their big win against against bottom of the league um, and how we need the next two or three games to put the performances in to balance out the shaky performances and, and still get the points on the board. Maybe, just maybe, even if it's just for a game or two to see how it is, Drag Soyuncu away from the limelight. It's nothing on Soyuncu. I still believe in him as a centre-back. But his end-of-season performances, coupled onto a terrible, torrid Euros, adding to his notable errors in the start of the season, I think he needs a break. Maybe the international has come as a blessing to him. I don't know. Can you tell me if Turkey have an international game or not? Or if he's been selected, I can't imagine it of his performances so far, unless Turkey literally have no centre-backs. But I think maybe, just maybe, he needs two weeks away from football. I think he's I think he's one of those players, and no disrespect to Turkey, but I think, oh, we've got a player that plays in the Premier League, we're going to put mm. him into the squad. I've got to be honest with you, with you there, um, Brad, we're going to call you Craig then. <laughs> not that smart, mate. I'm too young as well. <laughs> Uh, oh, Craig! Backhanded compliment, mate. If you're watching, I said you were smarter than me, but I said you're old. <laughs> but I agree with basically everything you said. I mean, when I was there, obviously as I'm going through the game and I'm commenting in, in on the Facebook and the Twitter accounts, then you know, we're, you know, people say right, without Evans there, he's not the player that he can be, and I'm like. But hang on a second. We buy a player. Yes, they've got to fit in with the rest of the team, but mm. I'm not buying a player because he can only play if I play one other player. I'm playing a player for his ability, and at the moment, mm. he hasn't got the abilities. And maybe he needs to um, be taken out the limelight. Like you said, I mean, you know, Jordan Pickford, he was sort of having a torrid time at Everton dropped him for a few games and then brought him back. And again, he was, he was good. Sometimes players do need that. They just need to be taken out of that spotlight, like you just said, 
and maybe given a rest. Yes, it was awful for Turkey. Yeah, he didn't have the you know, we, we you know, we remember last season, you know, we did we, he didn't have a good end to the season at all. And we know he's got a bad game in him. Hashtag Bournemouth. Um, but I just and I, and the thing is, he should be better in a back four because he's absolutely useless in a back three. I wouldn't yes. trust him, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't trust him to wash my underpants in a back three, <laughs> but in a back four, when he's got you know, but He's not doing that. And as you said, I've been very critical. I wanted to drop a Marty. I've got to be honest with you. I was in the show that we did during the week with, with myself and Daniel. I wanted to actually uh, bring Indeedy back into that, that position and put Samari in the midfield. But, and I'm going to eat humble pie here because, you know, we're very quick. Or I'm very, well, we all are because that's what we're here for. This is, this yeah. is the idea of the show. We do criticize players when they have a bad game. As in every game, Perez. Um, <laughs> can I just say, by the way, and you don't know if you saw the show last night, the preview show, we had Steve Linix on, obviously the ex Leicester Leicester winger, and he said apparently Leicester City are appealing Perez's red card because, yeah, oh. apparently they want him to be banned for six games rather than three. Uh, I was going to say, if you two play around, keep his ban. <laughs> they'll uh, extend it if they're trying to appeal that. Credit where credit is due. And Marty was brilliant in the community shield, man of the match. Uh, he looked a bit dodgy, but today he didn't do anything wrong. And as I say, we're here to criticise. So if I criticise when somebody's bad, I want to praise when somebody's good. And like you said, and Marty, for me, ha did have a good game today. But I don't know, like I say, Soyuncu... We've got that problem with the defence, haven't we? We just seem, yeah. I mean, you know, Vard, let's, get, let's get back to, let's talk some good news. Well, I say good news. Vardy's goal. Yes. But, you know, and then, you know, it's like typical Leicester. We, Vardy, and again, I said, let's drop Vardy and put Inacho and Daka up front because the two played, you know, two two up front worked well for us last season. Then Vardy went and got uh, got a goal today. Brilliant. Ricardo gets injured. Yeah, I know, mate. I was, I, I, I saw him go down, and I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, give us a break at the back! Just mm. give us a break with these injuries." Oh, can I just it's say something? So breaking news! Breaking news! Apparently, we've just signed another defender. Let me just get this up from uh, from Sky Sports here. Uh, there we go. Hey, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you posted that up earlier and I thought, hold on, no Leicester probably have done some deal because they just announced them like that, don't they? Yeah. That, that, maybe this should be our ideal pairing because we've got Batman. Maybe we need Robin. I'll tell you what, though, Robin, those those trunks look a little bit tight. Yeah. <laughs> budgie smuggler, then, mate. <laughs> Certainly. And he looks like he's got more than one budgie in there. But anyway, I'm sorry, right. to, sorry to interrupt, mate. I couldn't resist doing that. Uh, you, we were talking about Jamie Vardy and, unfortunately, R Ricardo getting injured again. Yeah, just when Ricardo... I mean, that was Ricardo prime, wasn't it? That was prime Ricardo. Mm. He gets the ball, he nicks it past his man, he beats him for pace, he pulls it back, and Vardy just nonchalantly goes, 35, 34, and I'm not supposed to be playing at the Premiership. What did you say? Because that was just... That yeah. was him rolling back the years, and you can't. He just, he's just, he is 
he's defying every logic about a 34-year-old playing at the top level of English football and scoring mm. goals. He really is. He, he was so alert. He saw Ricardo get the ball. He got into the box. And you can see, and, and they say it all the time, he keeps getting better with each year. He keeps improving his game. A couple of years ago, Jamie Vardy would have raced to the front post and the ball would have been played behind him. But he knew what Ricardo was going to do. He knew Ricardo was going to go tight to the byline and pull it back. So he just held his position. He didn't have to move. He did not have to move. Unlike Jack Grealish's goal when it hit him, his first goal, and it bobbled in, all Vardy had to do was turn his body and purposely put it across Tim Crawl into the net. And it was a, it was a brilliant finish. It didn't, it just summed up Jamie Vardy in a nutshell. It really did. I'm just, I'm just trying to see if I can see any news on Ricardo's injury, and I can't. But we've sold yeah. another player... Um, Kamal Sowa assigned for Club Bruges. Yeah, that's that's a deal that was apparently in the likings for a while. It's um, it's undisclosed fee, but the rumours are it's around the eight million mark. Apparently, it's eight either million? eight million. <laughs> apparently, they said eight billion. There, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, mate. We sold, really, we sold cheap. Money. We robbed them blind. We added a zero on to it at the end, so the, the check's going to bounce. No, eight million. <laughs> Is the belief fee? Um, I don't know if I, I've heard there's also two million in potential add-ons. People are saying it's a, a six million deal with eight million add-ons. Others are saying it's eight million and the two million could take it to ten. I don't yeah. know, but if the initial fees to be believed, it's around the eight million mark. And Brendan did say one or two would have to go out before we could initiate a move for someone else. Hopefully, yeah. the owners. Give most, if not all, of that eight million to the, into the transfer kitty, and and a right winger could be brought in because, and this is where I kind of this is why I had a bit of a grievance with you saying that Brendan, giving Brendan a bit more of a hard time than deserved because until he changed all Brighton's position, all Brighton wasn't having the greatest game. So sod's law that he changed it and proved, and it turned out to be a bit of a masterstroke because. Who got the winning goal? You know, so that's also a funny thing in football. Somebody who wasn't doing that brilliantly out there shows probably the reason we don't need IOC Paris on there. Sorry that we keep digging at him, but unfortunately, that's it. But hopefully, that's eight million in the kitty towards solving that issue. Um, it it was just about it. That was all Brighton's uh, fourth league goal in three years. But you got to you got to love all Brighton. You got to love him. I wonder. Yeah. Chelsea, Sunderland, Norwich. Can anyone tell me the fourth if that's the case then? Because I'm struggling to think who his other one was against. I know he scored against Chelsea and he scored against Sunderland on the opening day and that's Norwich. There's one for one of the comments. If Chris is right yeah. and all Brighton's got four goals. Well, in, BBC in... is saying that. So Yeah, well, Chris's information from the from the BBC <laughs> are telling us that's only all Brighton's fourth goal. Well, I've named three of them for you. Can someone maybe name the fourth? Because I can't remember. I want to say it's someone like a Burnley, but I, I wouldn't like to hazard a guess. And it's not it's not Club Bruges in the uh, in the Euros either. Yes, it's Premier League yeah. game yeah. We're, we're asking for. Tony, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there'll be other fringe players going. Uh, I think you know you, you look at these youngsters, and we've been saying for ages there's some good youngsters coming through. I think those that are being loaned out. You're looking at, uh, might be possible, Dewsbury Halls and stick with us. Those that obviously, when we sell them, we sell them. So, uh, 
not. Um, All Brighton in particular wasn't playing great until that goal. Maybe All Brighton's more of an impact sub. But hey, just before the, the half time, it, it was a penalty, wasn't it? I mean, I know we've just discussed Soyun Chu's performance, yeah. but very quickly, it, it definitely was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, and again, this is what I'm... When I say it was daft by Soyuncu, I don't mean like he's tackled him from behind and it's a blatant penalty. In a sense, Soyuncu's kind of maybe got ahead of the bloke on the ball and thought, well, you're at the byline, so you're going to try and hit this across the deck, so I'm going to block you off. But he got too close Mm. to him, he went into him, and if that's Jamie Vardy or any less player in the box... It's not a malicious one, but it's a penalty. And it's a penalty whoever you support, whoever it's against, whoever it is, it's a penalty, unfortunately. And it just it was kind of like the knock-on effect that Soyuncu didn't need mm. um with the West Ham game and what he did passing the ball to Antonio. And it's just it seems to be something that magnetizes around it. And that that's more of a reason that I think he maybe this international break will help do that for him without having to mm. drop him. We'll find out. But that's another thing, another reason when it's not going your way, these sort of things happen. And unfortunately, at the last second, he instead of shielding it out and giving away a corner, he's decided, I'm going to block this cross. And the bloke's seeing what he's going to do, and he's just letting him hit him, and it's a penalty. It was the right decision. Um, some have said it's not. I think if you're being honest with yourself, like, like you said to me, and I, I've just said there, mate, any team... If that's your striker going down or, or, or player going down the box, you're wanting a penalty for it because he doesn't that's get the ball. the way you judge a penalty, for me, would yes. I be screaming for it? Uh, yeah. Talking to Brendan, and he, he made the sub on 66 minutes. Um, Barnes off, Inacho on. And I did have to laugh because it was the one bit of Dutch I understood, basically because he spoke in English, and he called Inacho super sub. Well, I mean, he's he's not wrong. He, he's developed quite a name for himself as that over the last six to seven months at Leicester, albeit he has had a few gleaming performances, which is when, you know, when things weren't going okay for him and well at him and mm. Sunshine and the Roses at Leicester. Me and you did defend when he put in them performances um, that we knew he was capable of. And again, doesn't look phased by his transformation, you know. There's a lot of Leicester fans were maybe expecting to see Leicester stay with two up front. But clearly, Rogers' early doors made it a tactical change that he's going to imply, and not a nece- and not necessarily uh, a start. Um, come kick off, that it'll be two up front. It looks like a go-to idea to have to swap it to two up front, and then he actually took it with grace. He, he, in fact, I believe he did the most vital part in the build-up to the to the winning goal. He mm. made that. He made the break up and play. Like Brighton did get the winning goal. Uh... Yeah. And Harvey Barnes is probably more of a natural sub because, yeah. like Matt Elliott said on LCFC, he's not quite yet back up there. We did only just get him back at the, at the, at the very latter, latter stages of pre-season from his yeah. injury. So I kind of expected for him to get an hour. In that hour, he died off near the end, but he had a very good 45 minutes. So that's, yeah. again, another positive we can take from this. Looking forward to our next three or four games. With, with the likes of Harvey Barnes. And we, we're back to seeming to be, with you know, we've got Bertrand who can seem to get that ball pass for the first player at corners and um, uh, at, uh, yeah. at free kicks. Or, yeah, or in fact, uh, being Madison number two, because 
you know, he had two attempts at one with two corners and neither time could he get it past the first man. No. Uh, and again, I don't... I, I, um, the one thing I would say is, is there a way that you maybe look to get Bertrand in the side without losing Luke Thomas? Because again, if you're looking for someone who... You know, last season we used the phrase with Ndidi a lot, didn't we? That he didn't really get his name mentioned a lot, but when you did, you was always doing something pretty good. And more times than not, Luke Thomas had a solid game today. He didn't really have to do too much in, in terms of defending until that second half when Norwich had a bit of a period. But he didn't do anything wrong. He had a very good game and, and he'd be interested to see how he's going to implement Bertrand back in there because ideally we look as sharp as attacking set pieces as we do defending them, which is not very, if I'm being blunt. But yeah, again, it's a great it's a great thing to have when you're thinking like, can I really afford to drop Thomas for Bertrand? Because Bertrand, for me, was one of the revelations of the preseason. But it's great that you've got two players that you can't yeah. you can't choose between. Um, two one up. Possibly you could say maybe a, a little bit against the run of play, but uh, yeah, in the in the first half, backing up what you said earlier, yeah, until that last minute, it, it, we we did have sort of the better of the first half. Second half, Norwich Norwich were coming at us. Uh, like I said to you, fourteen shots, I think it was compared to our nine. Two two nearly. VAR got us out the mire. I thought, to be honest with you, offside, but I thought he was blocking Schmeichel. I, I honestly think it was one of them that if it, it it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a batsman nicking it and then hit and mm. but also you know it getting stumped at the same time he's either getting caught behind or he's out either way yeah. so Cantwell talked himself into the book which I think was very stupid of him I don't get it I've never understood why players keep going on that a reference decision made he's not all of a sudden going to go actually you know what you've spoken my ear for the last five minutes. Can I just pull back play and get that decision that he really, really wants? No, shut up about it. Deal with it and deal with your animosity after the game. It's very almost childish, I call it, when a player does that. He kind of got booked. He deserved it for it. Whether he likes it or not, tough. Whether he was, he was either a millimetre offside, which you could argue the new rules should have leaned on him. And it doesn't matter whether Norwich say, well, Casper wasn't going to save it anyway because the header was in the bottom corner. You don't, you cannot guarantee that. But the reason I say that is, if he's blocking Schmeichel's view, then Schmeichel doesn't know to move over three or four yards before that header comes in. Yeah, and then he doesn't, and that two three yards makes a hell of a difference to getting nowhere near it with a diving save to getting fingertips. Just mm -hmm. go look at, at the FA Cup game. Tell me two saves that Schmeichel made that he doesn't, he wouldn't save if Todd Campbell was still in front of him because he can't see the fucking ball or what's going on. Excuse my French. It was, it was, it was, it was as obvious as the penalty made that he mm. weren't going to stand. I was effing the Jeffing until I saw it. Bet mine. I didn't realise Cantwell was stood where he was. But the second I saw it, I went, not a chance. Yeah. Not, 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 a, not a chance is that getting overturned because yeah. that was ridiculous and he deserved but the yellow card. It's the, well, yeah, he, he he couldn't keep his mouth shut, could he? And so at that point, still 2 1 to Leicester. Dewsbury Hall came on for Madison, five minutes injury time. And I'm thinking, like, oh my god, um, possible penalty in the 94th minute or Brighton in his hand again. 
uh, it wasn't even looked at by VAR. And again, the rule changes it probably helped because last year I think that stupidly would have got given. But mm. it's one of them where his hands where it is where he's trying to put you know put a bit of pressure on Cantwell while he's on the ball. It's hit him. It's very ridiculous to give a penalty. Granted, like I've literally just said last year, some idiot VAR would have decided it's a deliberate handball and gave it. But thankfully, some tweets are all. I don't know, maybe, maybe they hired, um, well, what's his name? What's his name? Common Sense, that's who they hired. Common yeah. Sense. Mr. They sense. hired Common yeah. Sense to prevail a little bit yeah. in, with these decision-makings. No, no, it was never a penalty. And do, do, I mean, do you think, because a, a lot of the time, and we were seeing a lot of fouls that weren't being given, oh. I mean, I know you criticised the referee earlier. Is it Was it bad refereeing or is it just these new rules now? Where they're trying to let the game flow more. See the problem. The problem is, is obviously with the joys of having crowd back back in. They 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 make a lot of incidents sound ten mm. times worse than what they are. It's actually quite refreshing to see a lot of fouls that he let. Not fouls. That's a completely wrong way to word it. He let a lot of tackle, hefty tackles, but fair, mm. meaty challenges. Go. I mean, I will give referees credit. We saw it in the Community Shield. We've seen it a lot. I about had an heart attack over the last three or four weeks because all I've heard from commentators is praise and referees. I thought they must have had an heart attack themselves or <laughs> something. But it's good to see a little bit of contact back in a contact sport because we were getting, we was, let's face it, Chris, we was getting basketball standards are stupid. For it was. It was. But that, that doesn't negate the fact that the referee couldn't get some of the clear and obvious decisions wrong. He gave them a corner, which I don't think... I, I think there was a pigeon four mile away in the air that saw it came off a Norwich's header, and it shouldn't have been... Yeah, it should have been a, yeah. a corner, not a goal kick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm Honestly, maybe he's been a bit harsh, but I think maybe his angle is the only reason he doesn't give the penalty to Norwich in the first place. Mm. Um, there were some weird decisions that should have got a yellow card that didn't. Yeah. And then he did eventually balance that out by giving yellow cards for what he would have written down as persistent founder. But really, yeah. it was, I should have given a yellow card to you well, earlier. It, it is nice to see, to see, like yeah. you say, com common sense prevailing. We're going to yeah. look at some score predictions uh, now, but... Uh, no, don't. don't. Yeah, yes, do. Yes, do. I've had a mare. You've had a great one this week. I've already checked, mate. I've already checked. I've had a mare. <laughs> we'll be we'll be we'll be straight back after this. The Premier League is back and we've got it all covered here on Leicester Till I Die TV. Subscribe. But first of all, I just want to say, do something a little bit special here. Well, say special. It's not special. Anybody that ever remembers listening to Talk Sport on the drive time going home with Darren Goff and oh I don't know who, I don't know who the other guy was. He was a Peterborough fan. But they used to have, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to it, Brad, but they used to have the Daily uh, Daily Arsenal. Oh, he brings a bell, but I don't remember yeah. watching it. No, 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 you wouldn't watch it because it was on the radio. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know. I know Goff is um, quite good on there on TalkSport. I do like yeah. Darren Goff. I like him as a cricketer. I think he's a bit no, of a nobody, nobody liked the guy he was with, though. But, um, but no, they have this thing called the Daily Arsenal. So... I am introducing this, uh, and I didn't pull it up in the West Ham game because obvious reasons, but today I do feel I can pull this up. 
If anyone didn't watch our prediction show, Amazing was on it. Go and check it out. It was game mm. week two. Her laugh. If you've had a bad day, Arsenal fans, you know, you're feeling let down. You know, oh, no, as no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're kicking Arsenal fans. Where, where, All right, Burnley where fans. Burnley you fans. Know, down, but, down, if you're yeah. feeling a bit down today, the, 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 the yeah. Turf Morehouse fan, if you're feeling a little bit sorry for yourself, go and listen to our game week two and just listen to Maisie's laugh because that was yeah. brilliantly done. Well done, Chris. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. So it is, it is the, let's just take a moment to laugh at Arsenal. No matter what happens, unless Burnley sort of lose 7-0 um, and Wolves lose 8-0, Arsenal are going to be bottom for the whole weekend. Uh, that's where they are. Bottom of the yeah. league, Arsenal. You're going oh, down with the Norwich. I've only just noticed that. Look at that blessing. Any Norwich fan that doesn't know the score and has come on in, they're going to think they've got a point now. Chris, that's me. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, so, hey, hope you like it because we're going to be doing this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want to know something that's funny? Timo Pukki's penalty keeps them above Arsenal because they've scored a goal unlike Arsenal. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Oh, yeah, we're gonna play Adrian Durham. That's it. Thank you, Dave. Adrian Durham. The, oh, the gin, yeah, I know. The that. ginger winger. The ginger winger. Yeah. I did. I did used to like the Daily Arsenal, and we will. We will carry on that in Adrian. Adrian has now moved on from the uh, drive time show. We'll carry that on in your memory, Adrian. Uh, okay. So, um, just look at the result. Man City, as we know, put five past Arsenal. Villa and Brentford got a draw. Everton beat Brighton, Newcastle Southampton drew. Obviously, we beat Norwich. Palace, Palace, well done, Palace, getting a point at West Ham. And currently it's Liverpool one, Chelsea one. And Chelsea oh. down to 10 men. They are. Chelsea are down to 10 men. Yeah. Do you remember when now, top Chelsea won the league with Lukaku signing back for them? Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. But this this is well coming on to the prediction league that we do in a second, but this is the one that we do a bit of fun that we do with the X Foxes uh, on the website, lestertillidie.com. Um, last match and next match, you'll see the, the predictions and the result. Uh, I'm not doing so well so far this year after I won it last year. I went for 2 0. Uh, Ian Marshall went 1 0. Walsh and Tags spot on with 2 1. Yeah. Steve Linux. Bottom of the league again, Steve. You were top three hey, weeks. But his, his reverse psychology works, didn't it? It, it, did, did, it did. It did. But he doesn't get any points for that. And uh, our good old Ian Wilson there, 2-0 to Leicester, uh, agreed with me, but we didn't quite get it right. Uh, and at the moment, Walsh and Tags are top of the league. And I've got to be totally honest with you, mate. I'm not going to argue with both of them. <laughs> talk, to us, <laughs> talk to us about the prediction league, though. Yeah, so the Predictions League, uh, it's a version of like the Super 6. It's available at uh, longball.net. We have created a, a Leicester Till I Die League. Link is down below. And it's trailing there at the bottom of your screen. Uh, all you need to do, it's free to sign up. It's dead easy. Sign up with an email. Create a username and password to log into, as you do with most things. And then all you need to do is let Chris know, either through our Twitter handle or down below in the comments below what your username is, and he will pass them on to me through chat, and I will get you added to the Leicester Till I Die 
league. Uh, in and just a reminder of that, it's the longball.net. Um, it's fairly simple. If you've ever played Super Six, it's, it's exactly like that. It gives you every weekend's um fixtures for the Premier League. Um, and obviously, you get all week. I actually didn't do mine till last night, um, because I'd had such a busy week, but you get right up until a few hours before the first game kicks off to get your score predictions in. So even if you woke up at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and there's, there's a 12 o'clock kickoff, you could still go on there and do your predictions. It'll still give you a chance to get them in on time. And it's basically just like that. It's free, it's fun, and you're getting options every week to bank three results to get some more points. Might have had a saving grace in that. Uh, to give me an extra point or two, but I've oh, had a bit. So, what was your week like then, Brad? This week? Um, well, after after a blistering start, I feel like I've had a Leicester Leicester Fulham or a Leicester West Ham this week because uh, I uh, I got the Leicester result right. I'm mm. currently not getting the Chelsea Liverpool score right. I don't believe. Um, I've got the Man City result. No, I, I... I haven't checked yet, but did you say you, I, I'd you had have quite a good week? You have jumped ahead of me. Last week you started that you started today's weeks of predictions down in seventh, and I was up at third. I was on for a title charge. Now at the moment I'm struggling to hold on to your Europa League conference, and you've <laughs> gone up the lead at the You're moment. You're having a Spurs, as we like to call it. You haven't. Yeah, a Spurs, yeah, you know. not quite an Arsenal, but definitely a Spurs. But it just shows how fun and competitive it is because uh, the banker. Did me well last week. I got a few. I got a, my one result that I got dead right with the banker token on it. Instead of just getting two points, which they give you for a correct score, I got three. So I helped myself out. Probably saved my blushes this week. But it just shows that even if you're joining in now and it's a bit late and you think, oh, well, I'm a week too... behind you. I'm a week yeah, behind you. Week behind I've now me. Gone ahead of and... you. Yeah, and that, see, there you go. Perfect example. I, I put some bad result predictions down on purpose just to... Just to <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but no, it just shows if you turn around. You could come in if you're a prediction king and get yeah. 10 results out of 10 and, and, and be top yeah. of the league after one week and you could well, be talking about your title parade. Looking of predictions um, and scores, etc., as we know, Alan Bennett very kindly, straight after the game, doesn't really have long to think about it. He goes to all the matches. He lets me know his man of the match and his team rating and how he thinks Brendan's done. And like I say, he hasn't got time to go away and have a think about it. And so oh, I was a bit, he, he, he literally gives it me as soon as he gets a signal walking out the ground. But this is what, he, and I haven't put it up yet because uh, we, we do this show quite quickly, but this is what he's gone for. So he's, he's given Brendan a seven. Uh, which at the start I was probably thinking, hmm, did he deserve that? But we got the win. The team six, I kind of, we didn't have the performance. Yeah, we got the three points, yeah. which showed him we didn't performance. And I thought, yeah, you know, Daniel Amati, man of the match, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I know, Brad, you said um, old Yuri there. Um, maybe they'll give it him in the hope that he might sign on the dotted line. Um, but, yeah, um, Monty, <laughs> Like I say, I'm, I'm having I'm having humble pie and custard for my for my dinner tonight because I've criticised him, but he, he's been all right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think for expectations of what you're expecting the levels of performance, I think Daniel Martis is a very good shout for man of the match. 
I do stand by my own opinion and say Yuri Tillemans was the difference for us in that mm. sense going forward, especially in that first half. Um, but Daniel Marty, uh, Marty is rightly up there as one of the better performers uh, uh, of, of it. And I think the manager rating's right. I think a seven's right. Like I said, it's easy to say that the performance wasn't what we expected, but he got two things right. The tactical change in the shape and, and the result. So manager, yeah. what do you want from a manager? At the end of the day, you want three points and for him to make good decisions. And he mm -hmm. did it. I think a seven and a six is spot on by Alan. I've well, got to agree just that. going to last last week we 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 did something a bit different. We, we actually rated all the players um, ourselves, but what we're going to do this week because we we we're maybe a bit short of time here. Is have a look at what the BBC followers, shall we say, uh, have, have voted for the players. So you can see there that um, I'll just bring it up. Uh, that's that's the um, Norwich ones there. Uh, Absolutely, and I put that there actually for for Craig if he's watching. Um, don't know if he will be. He's probably actually travelling back. But in his in the preview show we do on a Friday night, he picks one to watch. Last week he picked Antonio as the one to watch. Yeah, we know what happened there. And this week he picked Rashika as the one to watch. And the Norwich fans voted him their best player. So maybe Craig. Does know a little bit more than uh, he's not just a pretty face, are you, Craig? Um, I'd love to even be a pretty face, but anyway, Jamie Vardy won the man of the match from the BBC, and these are the Leicester ratings. We'll just run through these quickly, Brad. Uh, Vardy yeah. 8.25 with all Brighton and Castagna and Indeedy. There's a top four, bit, bit of a strange one, I think. People are very clouded by a lot of things. I think Vardy naturally gets a higher rating because he got the goal and yeah. he did create space and he created a few chances at openings throughout the game. I don't think he was man of the match. I definitely don't think he he played an eight. Castagne was probably not ideally wanting to be risked by Brendan today, but for obvious reasons had to. And a fairly solid game. Clearly not back up to his best and maybe trying to dress up as Batman because of his eye injury is, is hindered him a bit. Um, but I don't think he was up there as one of our best players either. I don't know. No. And indeed, he game that played well? indeed, he for me was kind of there. You know, again, yeah. I think in fairness to Indeedy, he was one of the players who really has did him. He had, he had a mare against West Ham. And I yes. think he, he did a lot better today. Uh, under Indeedy, Piera at 7.31. Um, yeah, really unfortunate. For goal, seven and a half it? minutes, he was brilliant. For seven and a half minutes, he was brilliant, weren't he, mate? And then... <laughs> I'm not sure how you could get that higher score on seven. He literally got a point per well, minute he was on. Seven and a half minutes, he didn't get an assist. You'd, you'd imagine if he'd, if he'd been able to play the 90 minutes, we might be... We might be swinging our shirts around, screaming about Ricardo getting three assists and a 5 0 win. It's just yeah. one of them, really. you can't judge him, but realistically, you got yeah. how he did that. That's, that's what we miss when he's not playing, isn't it? Because it was yeah, a great exactly. run. Unfortunately, yeah. I think he stretched a little bit too far. Jewsby Hall, I mean, again, he was on for 10 minutes. Did he do enough? And another thing, I mean, I, I love Jewsby Hall. Again, Apart from Bertrand, he was one of my pre-season players of the pre-season, if that makes sense. Yes. But 
7.27 for 10 minutes. Not sure I agree with that one. No, I suppose, I suppose Dewsbury Hall, unlike previous Leicester young players and players that the Leicester have brought in, he has the luxury of not being forced into the Leicester squad. And Brendan's actually able to ease him in. I mm. think it's quite clear where he's going to feature this season. He's not going to be yeah. one that plays 10, 15 games, but he might make 10 or 15 substitute appearances. Yes. In, depending on the game situation. So I'd say it was a five. I wouldn't say yeah. it was a seven, but he definitely didn't do anything to make me question him being Kevin around Williams the four. there gets uh, a 7.23 in Acho, 6.82. Thomas, I thought was better than the 6.67. Um, Schmeichel, 6.54. And Amarty, a hell of a lot better than the 6.45, in my opinion. Yeah, some some people seem to vote off emotions, I guess, on the fact that Bardi scored the goal or Brighton got the winner. Uh, it's always easier to show, and and and, and to the greatest respect to some Leicester fans, maybe they don't have the calmest personified approach that Alan Bennett does for giving an instant <laughs> rating after the game. But yeah. at, at the end of the day, it's easy to always try and pinpoint positives from a shaky performance when you get the three points. Yeah. Personally, if you was to say Brad, where's your top three? I'd go Tillemans, um, Amati, and I'd then probably put Vardy in there because even though Vardy didn't get a lot of the ball in the second half, again, he played Dewsbury Hall in, who on another day that pass would have gone to the actual and it lashed it in the back of the net. It was just millimetres behind him. It was a fantastic yeah. ball in the actual, probably two. Too, too quick for his own good or, or too ahead of play yeah. for his own good when he got the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I would have probably gone Tillemans and Marty and Vardy. Um, and then the bottom the three ball. there that we've got is Madison, Barnes and <laughs> Soyuncu at the bottom, which is probably the one thing that uh, we will agree with the uh, <laughs> with the other fans. Yeah, uh, I, I think it wasn't a very good performance. He definitely was the bottom parliament i'm afraid and like i said i just hope this international break gives him two weeks to clear his head and then yeah. he's in the you know and if he's pairing against man city he has a blinder and does a robert hoof and scores a goal against yeah. them and we, we win the game but time will tell mate won't it time will tell we'll see exactly we're up to six um oh we're gonna win the league hey no we're not i'm lying i'm lying i'm lying i should have gone to spectators we're up to eight but we've got oh, six we're gonna win points the Got, gives, gives us six. We've got six points, which makes us equal with Man City in fifth. So technically, you could say we're equal fifth at the moment. So maybe, maybe the uh, the, the roses are sprouting up in the garden. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, mate. And again, the next four games, if you want to include Man City in that and not class them as a free hit, they're important because if you you can forgive a shaky start and getting away with it with six points, if they can come out of the next. Four games with seven, nine points. I think mm. you'd be very happy as a Leicester fan. And knowing Leicester, they'll beat Man City, they'll beat Brighton, lose to Burnley, and beat Crystal Palace let's, or let's something be careful like that. Because if you remember the back end of last season, we did this. We said, "Oh, look at all the teams we've got to play. We'd expect so many points out of those, and we completely well." Leicester went and did what Leicester do, which is lose and we should have won, and and. Vice versa. David's yeah. saying there, Brendan was critical of his players. Um, 
well, you know. Good to hear. It's good yeah, to hear. It's, it's you've got to be honest. You've got to be honest sometimes. And I think Brendan is, but I don't think he'll be ultra critical because I think he leaves that, no. you know, for that behind closed doors. Brad, week off for you next week, mate. No game. Although we're playing international. Who are we playing internationally? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I am sick of internationals. What's their obsession with having them? End of the season. We don't need But why? Why? Yeah, but it, 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 is, it is. I believe it is a competition game. It's not a friendly. I, I, I don't believe. give a monkey's rat's arse. What it is. <laughs> they should be doing them at the end of the season. Do the qualifiers at the end of the season if you want to do it. Because you just, you just piddling me off really there's no need for us to have players going international duty because england or their teams are playing afghanistan's 11 like are we playing spain in a crunch qualifying game no we're not who cares we're stopping <laughs> internationals ruining our season or take the rugby initiative Take the egg chasing initiative and I'm turn gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cut you off there because we're going into Sunday. We're going into Sunday. Brad, yeah. enjoy the enjoy the international break, mate. Thank you so much. You made some excellent, day. excellent points, and your clock's going off again. Shows how long we've been on. And uh, that's <laughs> my water, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak soon, mate. Take care. Yeah, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Uh, thanks to Brad there He did make some very good points uh, A lot of which I agree with And like I say, you know I, I, I tend to play devil's advocate with, with, with all the guests on here That's that, that's my, my duty I just want to bring this Because I do do this again and again I don't know if anybody's seen this It's the Leicester City book Available at the club shop On this day And, and it's, really, it's really good Because on this day In 2007 what were you doing? Well, you were probably down at Nottingham Forest because uh, Leicester City's Carling Cup second round tie at Nottingham Forest was abandoned at half time after City defender Clive Clark had a suspected heart attack and was rushed to hospital. Leicester were trailing 1 0 at the time. And if you remember, when we replayed the game, we let the Nottingham Forest goalkeeper score to make it 1-0. And we still beat them. And uh, But the good news, obviously, was that Clive Clark went on to, to make a recovery. Um, I'm going to read this one because it's 31st of August. And I know it's not the 31st of August today. But I'm not here on the 31st, as in doing this sort of a show. I think we're doing um, a Norwich. We're having a Norwich guy on on Tuesday uh, to talk about the game because it's Bank Holiday Monday. And we're also doing the Southampton quiz. So the quiz of the week is back, the big fat football quiz. But on the 31st of August in 1963, <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't pretend you weren't there. Don't pretend you weren't there. Um, but Leicester City powered to the top of Division 1, which for the kids amongst us used to be the top division, with a 7-2 demolition of Arsenal at Filbert Street. The gold owed much to an injury to Gunners keeper John McClelland. Uh, he apparently suffered a, <laughs> a fractured collarbone and an England striker went in goal. But we beat Arsenal on the 31st of August 1963 by seven goals to two. <laughs> 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 and I had to read that one out 
just to play that again. <laughs> Guys, have a good weekend. This has been the post-match show on Leicester Till I Die. It's the Premier League post-match show with Chris, with Chris and, Brad and Brad on Leicester Till I Die TV. So if you are available Monday night and you are not uh, doing anything for the bank holiday, I'm on, I think it's Munzee TV. It's a Man United channel going over there for a general football chat. Looking forward to that. Uh, follow me uh, on that. I'll, I'll retweet it. Um, yeah, follow us on, on Twitter at Leicester TID because we tend to sort of do a lot of these things are retweeted rather than posted in Facebook. Um, and then on Tuesday, like I say, 7 o'clock, we have got the... Um, Big fat football quiz with Southampton. Um, that'd, be, that'd be a good laugh with the guy there. Just hope he's not got that Southampton shirt on that looks like he's gone painting in it. Uh, and, uh, at nine o'clock, I think it is, we will be speaking to Canary Cast and talking about this game. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to have something to say to me on that one. But whatever you do, have a great weekend. It's a bank holiday. Enjoy it. I think it's the first bank holiday that we are COVID free. Is that right? As in, we are allowed out. We're like big children. You know, we're, like, we're like adults. We can go out. Hey? We don't need to go out in there with supervision. Hey, have a great bank holiday. I, I will see you either on Monday night on Munzi's channel or say on Tuesday here for the Big Fat Quiz. Big Fat Football Quiz at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Have a good bank holiday. Stay safe, guys. Hello, Bye now. Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share, and get involved. Join us next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.